Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Social Liability Podcast, the only podcast where two middle-aged men sit around and complain about people that violate the social contract we all agree to live by. I'm your host, the Rasgries, with my co-host, the Buck Grundle, and this week, we talk about the most important subject of all. Raise your kids, raise your kids, raise your goddamn kids, raise your kids, raise your kids, raise your goddamn kids. That's right, folks, raising your goddamn kids. Buck, I'm sick and tired of these little feral monsters running amok in our communities. I would, uh, I would have to say, yeah, yeah, to that one. It is, uh, it is a bit of a disgrace sometimes, and very, very difficult to deal with. Brother, I got home last night quite late. I was up way too early in the morning went to work did my work thing came home we all piled in my well and in, in one of our cars and drove a hundred miles away to purchase a new car got a new car by the way last night oh congratulations yes yes i did and uh, i did pretty well i think but we'll talk about that later or you can review the episode where we talk about buying a car <laughs> so that would be a best idea yep review that episode we come back a, a hundred miles back to the house and we turn onto our street it's a nice quiet little street Except for the fact there are now, oh, I think nine kids between the ages of probably seven and t- maybe 10, 11, just in the middle of the street, just playing in the middle of the street. Now, I, I, don't, don't, don't misinterpret this. I, I played in the street as a kid, too. I We would play basketball if we had a hoop. We'd play with our hockey sticks on our rollerblades. You know, we did that kind of stuff. I get that. But you know what we did when we saw a car coming, Buck? You moved? We got the fuck out the way. <laughs> Not yeah, these little bastards. Yeah. No, they just stood there and stared at us like we're going to, well, well, there's kids in the street. I guess we'll go around. Oh, I, you know what? I run into, I used to run into that all the time when I used to drive all over Pennsylvania. And they try and stare you down like, uh, like it's a game of chicken or something. And it's like, okay. All right. You know, we're not going to have a stalemate here. In a second, somebody's going to start beeping their horn or swearing. Like, how about you just move? And, and the thing is, you can't blame the kids. And in this case, you really can't blame the kids. Why, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Because the damn mother, at least I'm assuming is the mother of one of them, is literally sitting on a chair on her porch watching this happen. What, what'd she do? Nothing. After a few seconds, she gets up and... Starts waddling her ass down the sidewalk towards the street. Never did say anything to the kids. You know, I just, you know, luckily I didn't have to go through the herd. I was able to get into my driveway. But nevertheless, I, when do you teach your kids it's okay to, you know, have a, a defiant stare down with a freaking automobile? You know, first off, I want to I wanna just go back to a part of your, uh, part of your synopsis there. That movement that the mom makes from the porch to the sidewalk, it's called harumphing. Harumphing. Yes, right. Harumphing. Okay, yes. I'm ready for the definition of harumphing. Well, you already very adequately described it earlier by stating when somebody waddles from where they are with no sense of urgency to where they should be, and still don't actually do what they're supposed to. They just kind of like go there. And that is harumphing. Almost as if they are being forced to move. It is terrible. It is terrible. You normally see fat dogs do it. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so this this particular Karen, it, it was harumping herself down the sidewalk. <laughs> See, you can't even say it without laughing. Harumping. Oh God, he he did not just think this on the spot either. That's that's in his vocabulary. It is. Uh, my uh, my current wife came up with that word describing our fat dog. <laughs> and now it translates over to the word of Karen. Yeah, yeah, it does. So I, I, literally this afternoon, we decided we were going to record, and um, I said, okay, let's record. And then right before I sat down to dinner, I'm like, huh, I wonder what we're talking about. <laughs> so and, and so this was a subject you came up with, you know, raise your goddamn kids. So what do you want to talk about in regards to raising your goddamn kids? Controlling them in public is a very big one. I, I, I definitely – now, I will start by saying that I am the biggest pushover in the world with my own two children. I really am. I will let them commit absolute murder. But the difference is that not only will I make sure they do it properly, I'll even help them hide the body, okay, because I will raise my children, okay? It's, it's not about being a pushover. It's not about this or that or the other thing. It's about letting them literally walk all over you and right in the public eye at that. Not well, controlling, see, not the, controlling your kids is just terrible. You're, you're saying control, but I, I, in public, yes, you have to have a monicum of control. But reality is, if you are simply just lead by freaking example, man, if you're out there acting like a horse's ass, guess what your kids gonna see? They're gonna see you acting like a horse's ass, and they're gonna intimidate, not intimidate. I'm sorry, uh, emulate you. They're going to see, you, know, you lead by example with your life. I, I can remember one instance where. <laughs> I was in a Sheets convenience store. For those of you not on the East Coast, it's kind of like a like a uh, I don't I don't know a Wawa or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a chain gas store that has the food inside. It's awesome. That's what it is. Uh, no, it used to be awesome. Then now the food sucks. By the way, if you're from Sheets, uh, yeah, your food sucks. Yeah, the quality's gone way down in that particular chain. And they also but... try to stuff a lot more into the store than they ever had before. Uh, and the, the slushy machine is always in a very poorly poorly uh, designated place and I am a sucker for a slushy so I go in there to get my little my get my squishy on and there is this heifer of a woman standing there and her uh, <laughs> I don't know the heifer of a child I guess uh, standing there in front of her and they're both just standing there you know being heifer lumps and not really doing much of anything but they're between me and the uh, then the icy machine, so I'm like, excuse me, can I get through here? And this freaking waste of dang flesh looks at me and just gives me that humph. You know the sound. Yes, yes, I do. I'm standing here, and it was that deep, folks. It, this was a woman. I'm I'm convinced it it was a woman, but. Nevertheless, I'm standing here with that, you know, that three pack a day rasp to their voice. These are oh. these are the ones that you typically see hanging around sheets, uh, picking up their dinner on a nightly basis. And I'm with food stamps, they accept EBT. They do accept with their EBT, food and they allow you to wear Crocs. So this heifer lump, I'm standing here. 
very loud too. And me being the non-confrontational, non-confrontational pacifist that I am, replied to said heffalump, well, you can be fat and ugly anywhere. Why don't you go do it somewhere else? <laughs> now, would I have said that with my kids were with me? No. <laughs> no. no. Probably you, not. <laughs> no, no, you really wouldn't have. At, at the same time, one of my happiest moments, and at, at the same time, one of my least proud of myself moments. But nevertheless, I did get a standing ovation from the, the other patrons within the establishment. And, but the, the whole time, I mean, it was simple. I walked up to this person. See, I'm being nice. I said person. And I said, excuse me, can I get by you? And that that's your reply? You, you grunt at me? You give me this guttural sound and tell me I'm standing here. Well, no shit you're standing there. I'm looking at your fat ass. <laughs> so, and then, but you're doing this in front of your kid. I mean, come on. Why are you instilling this in your child? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, uh, people just fail to live their lives by the rules of social decorum. I mean, like, seriously, if you are in the way, you have to yield. Like, do not impede the flow of foot traffic. Like, like come, come on. And exactly, like, don't show your kids that that's okay. No. That's, that's, that's why they get run over by cars. Oh, or, we both lived or, uh, in the vicinity of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at one point. Yes. Uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania has a very distinct traffic pattern in that, uh, known as gridlock. But the, one of the main aspects of said gridlock is the town square, which is a roundabout. That the high school children take great delight in walking out in front of a car and just standing there in the middle of the crosswalk. Or getting down and tying their shoe or pretending they drop something or doing them. It's, it's something that the high school kids in that town do on a regular basis, and they think it's funny. Oh, my God. Wow. You never encountered that? No, I have. I'm only saying wow because of, like, flashbacks that I have gone through regarding those particular circumstances. They do just that. And it's like... The best way to describe it is just asinine. It well, really, really is. They do that until they turn 16 and they get a driver's license. And then it turns into, I'm going to drive in circles around the, the, the around the roundabout and see how many laps I can get in before the cops run me off. Or they go and cruise the Golden Mile in Hanover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to get geographical on here, but uh, I guarantee you, wherever you live, you have that spot. The cruising road. Yeah, or maybe the next town over, but there's that one place where everyone goes to cruise. Oh yeah, that's never gonna go away. That that was there when I was a kid. It's there now. It's never gonna go away. Harkening back to the days of yore. Hey, you know what though? I mean, like, at least you and I can fall back. And 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 I'm not saying that anybody's really wrong here, but looking at that kind of stuff now. And, and criticizing it, at least I can look back and say, well, at least I'm not a hypocrite because I never did that stupid, silly shit. No, I, I didn't really either. Didn't. I didn't want to get hit by a car. Exactly. Well, and I never cruised the duel. You know? No, or, you know why? Or... I didn't want to spend the money on the gas. Yeah, truth. You know, it's uh, they should start teaching personal economics in high school. Or have a, on a, uh, on a... That That's what I mean. You know? 
you know, balance the checkbook, manage your finances. And, you know, this all goes down to raising your damn kids. Well, and that's the thing. If, if, if this, you're, we're even we're even guilty of that right now because we're saying they ought to teach us in school. No, I'm sorry. No, we should be teaching this to our kids at home. And we're not. I never learned how to balance a checkbook until I got a checking account. I still don't know how to balance a checkbook very well. I always let my wives do it. Well, I, in <laughs> fairness, it's gotten to the point in my life where I write one check a month, and that's for the for the for the rent. <laughs> same, same. Oh, geez. So these these kids. Uh, let's. What's your biggest gripe with people and their and their feral monsters? You know, I I would have to say that um, going back into the uh, state of Pennsylvania, everybody's familiar with getting rid of their leaves in the fall. Oh God! And they put them on the yeah, yep, 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 yep. It's like this, you know, they put their leaves in big ass piles on the side of the road. Normally, typically, like where your gutters would be, like right at the curb. All right. Which I'm and sure so, the stormwater maintenance crews love. I'm sure they do, but they vacuum them up. Okay, they come through a big old vacuums and they suck up the leaves. And they do this every year, but some sometimes, you know, it takes a while for the truck to get by. So what do the kids do? They start making forts inside of these leaf piles that are actually in the road. They're not on the sidewalk. They're like right on the edge of the road. Okay? Why would you allow your children to make a fort inside of a pile of leaves? On the side of the road. Well, especially you know, considering now that when again, once they get their driver's license, those same kids are the ones going, "Hey, look, a pile of leaves," and, and they, they drive through with right their car. Through. Yep. I mean, like seriously, you are just literally inviting disaster into your life. You know, and I'm I'm surprised the child mortality rate in Pennsylvania is not much higher. Now, in fairness, I've never seen anybody build a fort in leaves, but you're you're I'm from, not, a, you're I'm from not, a more rural area than I am. Well, I'm not talking about a fort. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, a fort would have, like, walls and stuff like that. They have more like a tunnel. They they go and hide in the leaf pile. I guess building a fort was a little bit of a bad analogy or a, a bad simile. But, you know, a, or a bad mental picture. But either way, you got kids laying down in a pile of leaves on the side of the road that bigger kids, after they get their licenses, drive through like there's like there's no tomorrow. And it's just like it's a double whammy of of just borderline stupid behavior. Not even borderline, just stupid behavior. And that that pisses me off. That is where like I don't let my children do that because I'm raising them to not make decisions like that. My children's mother, you know, they 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 do not get. They, they don't get the opportunity to commit those kinds of, of social atrocities and, and, you know, dangerous, stupid behavior because their mom won't let them either. You know, this, these are the types of things that people all across the map need to instill in their kids. You know, if your kid's having a bad day and acting up in a supermarket, believe me, we've all had that before. We all have. We all hate getting the looks from other people who think that we can't raise a damn kid. We've all gotten those looks. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's no excuse or nothing you can say. There's no bad day that it can explain away learning or, or not learning to make responsible decisions, which is what people need to raise their children to do. You know, the world is going to get broken if people don't learn 
to teach their children to make better decisions. Like, well, don't uh, touch the hot stove. <laughs> well, here, here, okay. So with our kids, we instill upon them what we value in life. At least that's what we should be doing. In a lot of cases, you have absentee parents and they're physically there but we have you know how many people do you know and i'm not saying name names because we don't want to completely obliterate our social circles but how many people you know that the, the television raised their kids more than they did oh man like you're talking about half my friend circle <laughs> see I mean, and now, now like, they're all going to sit around going am i in that half but probably no, I'm not, because when my when a child was born, my oldest, we actually got rid of cable. Oh, we did too, man. We did too. That that was a hoax. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> well, I did it for two reasons. One, uh, because it's a financial thing. <laughs> cable is a bloody expensive, and we could have a whole episode on the evils of cable. But that's what I mean, man. Oh, yeah. I know. But and the other thing is too, it, it was from an from another financial standpoint that I didn't want my child seeing commercials. Oh, no. Oh, that is true. Do you remember Tickle Me Freaking Elmo? Nope. Because Good. my kids never saw it on a freaking commercial. Exactly. Because we got rid of cable in 2009. Uh, I was right behind you. I was right behind you. 2010. I haven't had cable since then. So I'm, I'm now 10 years cable free. But, yeah, you're right, though. People do let their kids just sit in front of a TV. You know, I had my favorite TV show when I was a kid. It was called Outside. Well, here's another thing I'm going to ask you about when you were a kid. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a poor example of this because I was rather feral. Uh, and when I had a parental involvement in my life, it was actually my grandmother. Um, that that disciplinary, that dis, she was a disciplinarian. That was harsh. Uh, my grandfather more so. Uh, he, 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 You could hear the belt clear and belt loops when he was involved. But... <sighs> Do you ever just... People don't really discipline their kids anymore either. I'm not saying you need to take the kid over your damn knee and, and fan their ass. I'm not saying that. But it, when the kid does something yeah. wrong, yeah. are you just going to yell and scream at them? Or are you going to correct the behavior? Well, I'll, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give some accolades to my ex-wife because I, I'm a yeller. I like to yell. I've heard or you Or at least yell. I use I'm not I'm not very pleasant when I yell. I'm not very pleasant when I get upset either way. I I have a very low emotional intelligence for dealing with conflict and um and uh weren't you a hostage negotiator? Yes. But that was somebody <laughs> else's conflict. That, that that didn't bother me. That didn't bother me because that's somebody else's conflict. Conflict with me? You know, stuff that I gotta actively like be involved in? Nah, no, no, no. I I I'm not very good at that. So my ex-wife would handle that kind of stuff. And she was not a yeller at the kids too, too much. She she didn't spank, you know, stuff like that. And so that's just proving that there are alternative means because my kids are great. You know, they're, you know, they're everything I want them to be, you know. Um, but when I was growing up, I got 10 kids in my family. All right. I am I am number three of nine living children. Yeah, I, I don't actually that my, think that your parents might have benefited from having more TV, so they would have had something else to do. Well, the thing is, is that my parents really didn't get involved very much in whether or not we watched TV. But my brothers and I 
and we like to play around the outside. So it was really, really wasn't a problem that they had to mitigate. Buck. Because we would only watch TV when we couldn't go outside. But the thing is, Buck, is that, that with joke, discipline, that, that joke just went like right over your head. It probably did. I was talking about your parents needed something oh. to do other than stay in the bedroom making more kids. I mean, did your dad like baseball? Well, like... No. Okay. I mean, it, about soccer or football? Nope. Any kind of uh, team sport? Love. No, my dad was a my dad was an all American soccer player. Well, there you go. He, I mean, he obviously was trying to breed I his just... own soccer team. So what? <laughs> they succeeded, but no. The thing is, is that you know. My my parents were if we messed up, we there was no there was no explain this to me that the the hammer came down, and it had to be like that because there were so many of us. Well, if they like, showed they any weakness, time. there'd be blood in the water. Exactly, and believe me, there was none. My, my I am I I'm six feet two inches tall, and. And uh, you know, at my at my uh, at my prime, I was about 270 pounds, okay. And my mom is four foot eleven, and my dad is five foot seven, maybe. And I've seen your mom, and, and she she looks like a little short, uh, fairy dancing hippie. Yeah, and let me tell you, dynamite comes in smaller packages than she does, and look what it does to people. <laughs> I still, I'm still afraid of my own mother. I am 37 years old, man, I, and my mother still scares a ever loving crap out of me. And you want to know what that is? That's called good parenting. That's that's what that is. You know, I don't, I'm not like afraid to like go up to my mom or whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, but I know that if I mess up, and my mom finds out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get an earful. I just will. My mother will not let it go. <laughs> you know, that's that's the mindset that I have. Obviously, my mom doesn't give a shit about what I do right now. But I mean, if she did, it would be bad. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think caused this this big dramatic shift in our society that uh, we just, you know, our kids are left to their own devices and they, they'll you know, just do what they do. And I mean, I blame the hippies. I don't really know who to blame. You know, I, I, I really don't know if it's, if it's something that we can really affix fault to. I think it's just the degradation of civilization, to be honest with you. Like we came to a super duper high and now we're just going to fizzle out and the next wave of humanity will take, take our place. You know, maybe maybe we'll be born without legs. I mean, like, who knows? Well, they're not doing you any good. No, they really aren't. <laughs> Walking is extremely overrated. I'm going to get me one of those chairs one of these days, and I'm just going to ride around. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Just make a weird face and cross one eye. Nobody will ask you any questions. My God. <laughs> so, okay, so our kids are feral at this point. Except yours and mine, ours are perfect. Uh, but other kids, other people's kids are feral at this point. Um, do you remember a slogan that was on everything when we were growing up? And that was, you can be anything you want to be. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, little Timmy down the street. You know the one that likes to lick the windows when you when you when you drive or walk by on the sidewalk. 
Little yeah. Timmy is not going to be an astronaut. Probably not. I mean, I won't say never, but I will say that the odds are drastically stacked against him. So we have this concept of anybody can be anything. And what do we start doing then? Well, we can't keep score anymore. And we, we can't make, sh we can't give out trophies. No, because then that person will feel bad, but, but trophies are important. So we'll give everybody a trophy. Yes. Everybody's a winner. Yeah. See, I don't like that. You know, one of the, one of the greatest lessons a person has to le learn in their life is how to lose. You know, and that's and that that might be where where everything kind of started to derail. When that concept, you don't have to be a loser. Everybody can be a winner. Well, no, no, that's just not how life works. You know, you you have to learn how to lick your own wounds, and you know that's that's something that definitely is going away these days. You know, there throughout my teens and well into my adulthood. I've loved the game of baseball. I don't like Major League Baseball. I'll go to a major. I'll go to a Baltimore Orioles game sometimes, but I don't like Major League Baseball uh, for many reasons. But I don't think anybody in the major leagues is virtually anybody could be considered a role model, and I just don't particularly like it. I also don't like the. Do fact you remember when my ex-wife got hit with the foul ball when you took us to the minor league game? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. <laughs> but I, I remember uh, when I was still in high school, I was assistant coach for a Little League team, and we we wanted our kids to lose the first game. We wanted them to lose. We actually sabotaged them. We wanted them to lose because it, we wanted them to know what it was like. And we wanted them to learn how to lose and how to lose gracefully and how to lose with dignity. We don't do that anymore because we don't keep score. I mean, this was so bad when I, when my oldest son became old enough to play T-ball, um, they said, well, we need coaches. I'm like, oh, shit, I'll coach. That's cool. I'll get to coach my kid's baseball team. This is awesome. Oh, I remember when you had to go coach. Oh. Well, no, so <laughs> they just said, here's the rule book. Uh, these are your practice. This is the field you can practice on. What days do you want to practice? I said, all right, give me Mondays and Thursdays. And other than that, they said, okay, first games in a month and a half. Cool. All right. So I, I got my team, you know, I had everybody meet me in a parking lot to hand out the jerseys and everyone came over and, uh, we taught fundamentals. We're not even going to play with the bat for a while. It's a T anybody can hit that. So we, taught how to field ground balls what, what every time as soon as you got the ball no matter what you threw it to first base because kids playing t-ball can't run so <laughs> so we had the fundamentals down i mean this was this was in, in in a six week time span you know that's 12 practices uh about an hour and a half each i mean these kids were for, for t-ball i was i was very pleased with them i was very proud of each and every one of them and our first game my my kids are batting first, and they there's a I, I loaded the front end of the lineup like typically you do, <laughs> and they were they just smacking the crap out of them, and we got all the way through our lineup, and that was the part of the rules where once you got all 
um, all ten of your batters through, then that was the end of the side. You only got to go through once. Uh, it was kind of like a otherwise the inning would never end. So, uh, right. So right. then you know they they got their runs and they got off the field. Then they took the field for defense, and the first three batters were thrown out at first because my kids knew what to do, and then. Yeah. The other team, my, my kids come off the field because they just got three outs. And the other team's like, what the hell? I'm like, what's going on? So the coaches came over and they said, why'd you, you need to get your guys back on the field? I go, that was three outs. And I looked at the umpire, that was three, right? Oh, we don't keep track of outs. What? Yeah. They didn't keep track of outs. And they didn't have a scoreboard. I had a scorekeeper sitting on the side, my side of the line. With a with the, with the scorebook and keeping score of everything, <laughs> they didn't. Turns out this league did not actually have a rule that said it. It was just tradition that we don't keep score. This is for the fun of it. Yeah, my kids were having fun kicking your kids' ass, <laughs> and next thing you know, the parents are up in arms because I'm not letting their children and me specifically. Why it was me, I don't know, but my kids were taught to the point you throw to first base so they boom they throw it and they'd get them out you know sometimes they'd miss and they'd overthrow or something because kids you know accuracy is not there but they were getting them out more often than not and the parents on either team were mad because they were getting their kids were getting thrown out i'm like well, what do you want me to do have my kids intentionally just ignore the ball and throw their mitts in the air and play in the dirt no, my kids. I remember, I remember you talking about that now. Yeah. My kids, when they were out in the field, every time a batter come up, my pitcher would turn. I say pitcher. We had somebody stand on the mound as the pitcher. They didn't actually throw the ball since it was T-ball. The pitcher's job was turn around, pulled his finger up in the air with how many outs there were, and yell ready position. And everyone, you know, hunkered down, got their mitts low in the ready position, ready to go. Whereas the other team, they were legitimately. They, They'd, they'd have their mitt on their head or they'd be standing in the outfield didn't even have their mitt <laughs> you know there'd be a kid out there plicking flowers you know? that I, used to be me that was me <laughs> but you know you, you instill on a kid this is how you play my kids were so damn proud of the fact that they they were they were the elite team in this in the t-ball league which was ridiculous but you, you weren't you're doing them a disservice by doing this the kids need to learn how to lose. I don't care if we would have came in dead last, but my kids would have learned how to lose gracefully. They would have learned that you still line up and you congratulate them for a hard-fought game. That's what it is, man. You know, I didn't I didn't play T-ball, and I did a little bit in Little League, but I'd have to say that my biggest lesson in losing came from uh came from playing soccer as a kid. And uh, and it was it was because my dad was my coach, and he sat me down one night and looked at me and he goes, "You know, kid, you're just too fat to play center forward." <laughs> and I I was I was I was devastated by this. And people might think that my dad was being mean and whatever, whatever. But that you know what? Like I said, you know, my parents they loved me, and I I had no doubt about it. I didn't take it personally because my dad went, you're too fat to play center forward. He goes, but you're extremely quick and nimble in short distances. I'm going to throw you in the goal box. And that's, that's, that's when it started, man. 
I mean, I was an amazing goalie, you know, and it's because my dad looked at me and was just, he put the harsh, I wanted to play center forward. I wanted to play the striker position. I wanted to do that. I wanted to, but I was just too fat. Like I could, I could pick up and move for like 40 feet and then my fatness would get in the way. (laughs) And, and my dad just, my dad was my coach, like I said, and uh, and he had to look at me and, and basically just spell out the truth. It's like, yep, here it is. And it wasn't because he didn't love me. It's just because my dad knew that he had to play to my strengths. And sometimes, you know, it, it might have worked out that my strength just wasn't soccer. And in which case, he would have had to tell me that too. But, you know... Other people need to stop. People need to stop coddling their kids. Okay, it's really going to start ruining everything. Everybody suffers when you do that. If somebody's bad, or somebody just can't do it, that's okay. It's all right. That doesn't mean that they're not going to be good at something else. You know, Stephen Hawking. You know, another guy in a wheelchair. Not the first pick for your kickball. You know, it, 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 that's just not his wheelhouse. But you know what? Well, guy was dead. mad. Well, I mean, like, you know, whatever. There's <laughs> that. There is that. I mean, if you want to just, if you want to be all dark and morose about it, fine. He's fucking dead. But while alive, you would not have picked him for your kickball team. But you know what? He would have been a great mathlete. That's well, just and it. that's that. That right there. We're going to lead back to my own kids. My my oldest. He eventually just. It didn't really care for team sports, which is fine. I'm not going to force him to do something he doesn't enjoy. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought he was pretty damn good at it, but he doesn't enjoy it, so I'm not going to force him to do it. So uh, one aspect of not making your kid do anything, but then making your kids do something that they don't like is just as bad. So my youngest son is physically incapable of playing in a team sport. So what did they do? Well, they started getting into Pokemon. Yeah, 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 the cards. Oh. You know, they got into yeah. Pokemon. So I'm like, all right, let's go find a Pokemon league. Well, there wasn't one. So I con- contacted the Pokemon company. I I did their background tests. I found a store that was willing to uh, let me do it there, and I ended up becoming a certified, bona fide Pokemon professor. <laughs> and you're an ordained minister. I am an ordained minister, but that's besides the point. Well, I'm just going over your credentials. Well, let, me, let me put it to you this way. While the being ordained is 100% legal, it, it, I, I would rather put the Pokemon professor title on a resume before I'd put that ordained minister on there. So, actually, there's legit tests for it, and then you have to do a background check, and you have to do the child line stuff, you know, all that. So, it, anyway... So one of the first things I did was, okay, we're going to, we're going to advertise and we're going to tell people, Hey, we're going to have a Pokemon league. Bring your, bring, come on in. And you know, believe it or not, there's actually you get a mixture of adults and kids, but every time we get a bunch of kids in there, they did no idea how to play. So I'd have to teach them how to play the game and you'd get the ones that they would lose and have a meltdown. Well, of course you're going to lose. You don't want to play the goddamn game, <laughs> but well, yeah, the parents were, were upset because little Johnny lost. Well, of course, little Johnny lost. It's the first time playing against a kid over here who's who's in the world championship tournaments. I mean, come on. And I would have to try to tell these kids, and this is this is a big theme that I I had with my children that I started teaching these children is 
it's either you win or you learn something. It's not win and lose. You either win or you learn something. Okay, you didn't win. What did you learn? Well, I learned if I play this way, then this person's going to counter with this. Okay, great. Then you actually benefited because you learned something new and you'd learned how to you know, react to, to a situation. And you can teach that in every aspect of life, not just a stupid card game. That's kind of the idea of sports and how they're supposed to be such a developmental tool. If there is no, if there is no opposite of win, you know whether it's you learn something or not, it, you kind of lose that that skill set in your life, the ability to take take things as they come. And you just because you're not good at one thing does not mean you won't excel at something else. My youngest son is not ever going to do anything physical. He's just physically not able to. We've discussed this, right? But this time last year, uh, actually, it was August of last year, both my children and myself were in Washington, D.C., and they played at the, World Com- the Pokemon World Championships. That's pretty hip. I'm pretty damn proud of them. <laughs> and that, we, we did just as much traveling, practicing, and everything else as anybody on like some travel sports team. But you got to find what your kids are good at and encourage it. Don't don't force it. If they told me I don't want to play, well fine, I ain't going to play. Now if you commit to something, you got to see it through. That's another thing too. People people are letting their kids quit too easy. Oh yeah. I mean dude, I I went to a when I when I became an EMT, I had to go through uh 9 months of schooling for that. And when we first started the class, there was a mother and two teenagers uh, there in the class. They came for exactly two classes. This is too hard, and they quit. Yeah. That was an expensive class. (laughs) And they just quit. That was the end of it. Uh, This is going to be too hard for us. We're going to quit. Okay, I'm glad you have money to throw away. (laughs) Oh, they probably tried to get a refund. Probably got it, too. I would have to say so because we didn't read about it in the uh, in the newspaper. Yep, and well, and then you got the uh, the, the kids were on baseball because I, I did coach for multiple years. My kid wants to be the catcher. Yeah, well, yours and you know three other kids want to be catcher. We we rotate. Well, if my kid's not going to be the catcher, then we're going to transfer it on our team. Yeah, our, our our league doesn't do that. This you're not doing anything. Well, then we're going to quit. All right, fine. See ya. <laughs> yeah. I feel really. bad. I feel bad for your kid, but you know what? Hit, you know, beat feet. You're, you're going to drag the rest of us down. Yeah. That's. Guess <sighs> what, Karen? Your kid's not entitled to do whatever they want. Yeah, pretty much. And in instances where my kids were on teams or, or, or organizations other than the ones I was participating in as a volunteer, if the coach says to do something, what do you do, kids? Come on. Do it. You do it. You don't come crying to me saying, I want to do this. I don't give a shit. Get over there. Listen to your coach. Yeah. It, don't 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 let your kids stand behind you like some sort of freaking shield. All right. The coach ain't gonna assault your kids. You don't need to you don't need to stand up and, and brandish some sort of sword 
in defense of your child over a coach making a uh, a decision your kid doesn't like. Because guess what, folks? How many times in life have you got decisions from your boss that you didn't like? That's about where we yeah you, there is there is a little dot connection happening there, uh, Raz. Yeah, these these are the same people that when they grow up, that you know uh, employees you know I'll tell them to do something. I don't want to do that. Okay, then I, I guess you can go home. You, you, well, I'm not going to get paid if I go home. Yeah, well, you're not going to get paid if not doing what I tell you to do either. Yeah, that's kind of another dot that needs to connect there. Could have learned that in team sports. Or, you know, through basic childhood interaction with people. Too bad your parents didn't teach you better. It's, it's really... When, when you see these people that are growing up with this like just sense of in freaking entitlement and it's an un- unwarranted sense of entitlement too i feel like i'm surrounded by them every day i, I genuinely used to just be disgusted by them and have, like just nothing but contempt and disdain but it's gotten to the point now i realize it's like you know what i feel bad for you i i do i feel bad for you and i don't blame it on your parents because i didn't have parents growing up I bounced back and forth between um, one parent who was not equipped to raise a house plant and my grandmother who, you know, bless her heart, was not, you know, not a spring chicken, (laughs) but she did everything she could. And by all accounts, by if you look at my raising, I should be a goddamn crack addict criminal, but I've never been intoxicated in my life. I'm I'm as dull as the day is long. I've been involved in law enforcement and public service my entire career. <laughs> so I I went the opposite direction, mostly out of spite. But you, you I just know. never got caught. Well, yeah, it's true. With that, you were in Mexico, so. Well, that and I could yank out a nose hair, and nobody shows sympathy for a fat kid crying, buddy. Oh my god! But oh no, yeah, but you, you just yank a nose hair out, and the tears start coming. But when I see these entitled people, I just say, you know what? You, you, your parents failed you. Why are you think you're entitled to anything? You're not. You're not entitled to anything in life. Even when you've done everything you can to earn something, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Because guess what, kids? Life's not fair. No, 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 it is not. If life was fair, I, I would still be on the East Coast. Mark would be... You know, walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I would even run. <laughs> <laughs> Life's not fair. My my son wouldn't be in the state that he's in. Life's not fair. Buckle up, get a helmet, and suck it up. It will be okay. I mean, the sands will clear eventually, unless you screw up really bad and end up dying, and then. You really can't care about it anyhow. Dun, dun, dun. Now you're the one getting morbid. Yeah, I just figured that, you know, people would really just go, well, what if you die? Well, if you die, then too bad. You should have got to worry about it anymore. You should have wore a helmet. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, kids, uh, wear a helmet. (laughs) Yeah, wear a helmet. You might want to you might want to do elbow pads and some wrist pads and well let's both. not go overboard. 
Yeah, let's just be safe. See, like I said, you know, my kids are my kids are lucky that they only see me six weeks a year now, <laughs> because I would be that parent. I really would be. Oh, you're lying out your teeth. Your one kid would be evil Knievel if she could get away with it. Probably. She'd probably help me build a ramp for my wheelchair that's got like a half pipe on it or something. No, she'd build it, blindfold your ass, and shove you in it. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be having my hands up going, woo, the whole time. <laughs> did you did you envision yourself having kids growing up? That's all I ever wanted to, to be quite honest with you, man, that's that's like the one thing that I have wanted since I was just a little kid was just to be somebody's dad. So, yeah, I envisioned myself having kids a lot when I was growing up. You know, I I said that, you know, I, I had this horrible you know upbringing, and I did, but I, I still learned something from it. And I told that to my wife. I said, you know what? I did learn something. And... Someday I will, uh, you know, say this to that that parent that I thank you because now I know what not to do. Yeah, that's also really important, knowing what not to do. And I'm not going to sit here and give you my my tale of woe and uh, and that's not what this is. This is us complaining. And that's not something to complain about. That's something to mourn. But we, I, I learned what not to do. And I do the exact opposite. You know what? My kids are bloody great. They can be jerks, but guess what? Everyone's a jerk from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I probably shouldn't have told her to be fat and ugly somewhere else and get out of my way, but I did because I was being a jerk that day. But I, I was instigated to it. I would never teach my kids to do that. You know how good of a parent I am? I can tell you how good of a parent I am. They're not allowed to listen to this podcast. See, I'm a bad parent because I always send it to my oldest. I'm like, hey, check this out. <laughs> but but they're 13 years old, so it, it like, eh. I I'm going to go ahead and let myself off on a loose technicality there because I'm in a wheelchair. You can't use that for every excuse. <laughs> yeah, it works so well, though. It works so well. Oh. I, 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 I've said like, that hey. before. When, when I'm when I'm elderly, I'm just gonna go around and steal all the stuff everywhere. And every time I get caught, I'm old. <laughs> I don't even have to wait till I'm old. I got a wheelchair. Just start smuggling shit out in your chair. Man, you have no idea. Or smuggle never, stuff in. That's what I. You should. I'm the best person to go to a movie theater with. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, man. I will take whatever you got. All the contraband. Nobody checks. Nope. It's great. You know, I, 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 we have this common theme. We end up always saying something about our work in the in the prison system. Do you remember the guy that smuggled in the entire like? five pounds of tobacco in his wheelchair oh my gosh yes i do yes i do that guy we kept searching the pipes and, and like the in like the the like the, the, the piping in the chair like the handles and everything like that nobody could ever find anything he this dude hollowed out the seat cushion 
<laughs> and replaced it with tobacco. Yes, he did, and that was epic. That was epic because, oh my gosh, everybody was like, now what do we do? It's not that, nope, you just got to treat him like a regular person. What would you do to a regular inmate? But he's in a wheelchair. See, the excuse holds water. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I made the the uh, uh, the vertically challenged individual because I don't know I don't know what the PC term is anymore. But oh the, my gosh, yes! I, I made yes, him, st- I made I him stand on the stool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I made him stand on the stool for a strip search. God, how how tall was he? Like, maybe three foot. <laughs> shorter than but shorter than all of our children. I I I stri- He's like, are you serious? I'm like, dude, I'm not getting on my knees. Look under your nuts. <laughs> that I just won't do. <laughs> okay, well, I think <laughs> I think we're starting to stray off topic. So I think that's probably where we're going to come to an end for episode five of the Social Liability Podcast, where in this episode we talked about. Raise your kids. Raise your kids. Raising your damn kids. Indeed. So catch us on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. We're Raz and Butt. Continue to talk about those people in your lives that violate the social contract we all agreed to live by. Uh, please remember to like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. If you want to listen to the audio version of the podcast, you can do so on CastBox, Breaker, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, and guess what? Now iTunes. I actually need to take that graphic off the screen. We are now on iTunes as well, so I'm very happy about that because that's my favorite podcasting platform. Uh, yes, it's an amazing accomplishment. Thank you so much for getting the ball rolling on that one, Raz. So that being said, folks, catch us this next week uh, when we do another edition of the Social Liability Podcast. Have a week. 